To another episode of Cinematrimony. I am your co-host, Matt Scalisi, as always, with my wife here, Francesca. And you might hear the sounds of a baby in the background at various points. He, he might he might cry at some point. Mm-hmm. He's here always. Well, that's creepy. <laughs> that was creepy. He's here always. It's appropriate for this podcast. No, don't we even Try to lump our baby in with that nasty. <laughs> All right. Well, I've already seen you turn your nose up in the theater, Francesca. But I, turn my nose I should up. say, I should say first of all that uh, this podcast we will be discussing the uh, highly buzzed about indie flick Martha Marcy May Marlene. Um, and it's um, Marley Matlin. That's what we should call it from here on. Francesca out. called it Marley Matlin. Uh, you'll, uh, you know, it's a weird name, but after, once you see the movie, it's it's not a stupid name for a movie. It, well, it's cool. I think it's a cool name for for this movie. Yeah, but there's always an issue of a movie. I mean, it's like the assassination of the guy with the thing and the train and the boring movie. Like <laughs> if you get too convoluted of a title, it's going to turn people off from the get go. I think that this is an awkward title, but I think when you see the movie, it's cool and it makes it's, there's a point to it, to yes. the title. So, yeah, so, but, but I, you know, as I mentioned, I saw you sort of turn your nose up. I think it probably had more to do with the ending, but in general, no, I thought what it was you, an effective movie. I just didn't like it. You didn't enjoy watching it, what do you mean, when you say you didn't like it? Well, yeah, that's the same thing, to say I didn't like it. It's not, No, I can say I appreciated it, but that doesn't mean I like it. Okay. Well, I mean, to me... It is a painful experience and an upsetting film. It is upsetting, but that, to me, I... So I'm not going to enjoy that. I enjoy... I am not going to like that. Maybe some people like to be uncomfortable. I I don't. I enjoy a well-made film and a well-told story. So to me, yes, Only it is for you. It is a painful uh, experience in in certainly in some parts more than others. But uh, I think it's no. I would. I mean, yes, some parts are awful. No, let's see. Some parts are horrible, but the rest of it is pretty much awful. Like there's not any there's not any lighthearted moments. No, there's nothing at all. lighthearted. The in entire it at all. thing yes. has your stomach hurting the whole time. Well, no, it's not all tension. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's pretty much like once you get a feel for what's going on, it doesn't... I mean, I was, you know... I the, think it's kind I, of a slow burn. In the second timeline, I was uncomfortable because I was just like, oh my gosh, like is her, you know, sister's husband going to abuse her? Because, I mean, like I was put on... You, really, you were thinking that? I got a little nervous when they went out on the boat together. Uh, a little bit, you know? Because yeah, I didn't sort really of think about this it. Groundwork, yeah. And I just kept sort of waiting for something really awful to happen on that timeline, you know, because mm-hmm. you just, they laid this, you know, this, it was, it was tense the whole time. There was but no you point know, at which I relaxed during this movie. No, it's not relaxing, but I think it's, some parts it's just more interesting than it is, uh, aggressive because it's yeah, just, but there's this undercurrent of creepiness. Through well, the yeah, well, I mean, that, it's like, all you know, about violence and, and rape basically is the whole point of, of the, uh, the cult that that Martha is in, you know, is involved in. It's basically completely built around John Hawks' character 
um, you know, raping women and, and getting his minions to steal things so that they can survive and keep doing that. But, um, you know, I thought the way that the cult was sort of revealed little details about it, they, ne- they never really spelled it all out for you. And I really appreciated that about it. And, you know, the, there's, there's a couple of things that you find out in sort of backwards ways. Like the, really the one that sticks with me right now is there's this very creepy line when Martha is showing the new girl, um, the baby, the baby boy that they have. And she says, uh, she says he only has boys and you know, it's just one line in the whole movie that, that even mentions it. But right there, they add this whole other level of it that like, okay, well this guy is not only, you know, has this sort of weird raping these girls, but then when they have, if they have his babies and if they have a girl, he's probably forcing them to abort the girls right. or whatever. Something bad is happening because, you know, he well, don't, he don't only the, have boys. That's not how it works. You find out in a backwards way too when she's like, I don't remember anything about the first time he raped her at Walt. Well, she was, she was drugged, drugged and yeah. we find out later when she, the way they present that to us is they show her preparing another girl for it, which is another thing too because I think that is, um, you know, kind of a part of that victimization is that it's even worse because then he gets them to all participate and and help him do it to other people too. Now I will tell you, this is a motif that maybe I'm, but I, I think it had to be intentional. Her sister Sarah Paulson kind of looked like the head woman of the cult. Did you notice that, that well, they sort of physically resemble? I don't know if that's intentional think, or not, but I no, agree with you. No, because then there were there was this element of with her sister that her sister would like put her in dresses and tell her like, you're so pretty. And she was obviously doing it from a loving place, but it was the same kind of thing of the, like getting dressed together and like, well, no, I definitely sort of preying on going like, you know, we're here to support you and trust you. So of course, why would she trust her sister? Because she had, Mm -hmm. you know, been broken and made to quote unquote, trust these other people who are awful. So, well, I think there's definitely a suggestion here that her sister really, was in some ways as harmful to her and well no i don't think that's not as harmful point, but, but she, I think it's supposed but to be she did she, can't. she did do some harm and she probably drove martha to the cult no i think there was definitely intentional like you know when she has her breakdown at the party and they you know give her a drug and i think oh no i definitely was thinking I about think, that when they're giving her the but i think that the, the idea yeah. is supposed to be sort of like you know you know, they gave her a, you know, whatever, sleeping pill, anti-anxiety pill, you know, when she was having a mental breakdown mm-hmm. and that's an appropriate use of, you know, medicine. And I think, you know, because she had been broken down by this cult, you know, she wasn't able to distinguish that her sister, you know, caring about her or, you know, dressing her nicely for a party was not diabolical because, you know, she had been dressed and preened before mm-hmm. for horrible reasons. So well, that's true it, too, it skewed yeah. her entire way of you know, viewing anything in the world. And I think, you know, they were, you know, I, I think they were kind of trying to make the point she couldn't normalize because the cult was using, you know, things that on their own were not bad things and were using them. In such they were ways subverting them and, and perverting them. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you think that that, that, that the intention we're, we're sort of left with as far as how, the, you know, basically the sister, and her husband kind of throw up their hands and say, look, there's nothing we can do for her. We can't handle this. Do you think we're meant to to 
to dislike them for that, or are we supposed to be sympathetic and say, no, I think there's that's... nothing they could have done. There really isn't anything because the well, cult think... messed her up so bad. I think that is kind of the point, is that, you know, despite her sister's best intentions, she, you know, a cult does things to the way, you know, her psyche that she, I mean, even that she was like, you know, don't leave me there, I think that was legitimate. She needed to be institutionalized. Like, she had to... She couldn't just be thrust back into normal society. She had to sort of have a halfway house kind of situation to come back from that. And I think, you know, that that's kind of the episodes with her sister and brother-in-law were kind of supposed to go, like, seriously, there's no way for her to get back into society, Mm -hmm. you know, at the hands of two well-meaning people. That's just not, it's just not going to work, which is ultimately what happens, you know, in the movie that, you know... I mean, obviously, the brother-in-law was, you know, not as tolerant from the get-go, but, you know, Martha wouldn't open up. So, like, right. how on earth could her sister help her? She still thought she was well, just, like, living with an abusive boyfriend It kind of like, makes She didn't it, understand what had happened. And, and, it, and it kind of makes it tough for us as an audience to feel completely sympathetic for the sister and her husband because we, from the from the very beginning, we know more than they do. They never know as much as we do. Right, but that's why I think you can be sympathetic because, of course, you'd be frustrated if you had, you know, if you just thought she was just being obstinate or just being, you know, the sister keeps saying, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Because she just thinks she's just, like, being weird and acting Yeah, she has no idea about the cult. Yeah, Yeah. and she, again, because, you know, doing stuff like just stripping naked and she doesn't get that, like, that's, she'd been conditioned to think that's how you swim. Right. You know, like, it, it was the boobs and butt cult and... Right. We all swim together. And the whole thing when she got in, got in bed with them, you know, again, was kind of that. It was very strange. Like, yeah. You know, she, she just couldn't even understand. Well, you know what? To me, that was kind of the most heartbreaking moment for that character for me because, and I know it's supposed to be kind of a weird, creepy scene, but I, to me, it no. came off as very, I mean, it was very sad because right. she, you, you go, gosh, she just doesn't know what to, what else to do. She's, she so can't be by herself that she would walk into that room when that was going on because she just so desperately well, and you see things needed to be with of the somebody. cult too, though that like you know there was always sex going on around her, and yeah, and it was not weird for people to be in the same room, and right. you know. So, um, well, I'm, let me let me ask you about the one thing that is definitely will be the most discussed part of this movie, which is. The performance of Elizabeth Olsen, who, as far as I know, has not done anything else before this no, movie. I don't think she has. And um, so, I mean, it's getting a lot of talk. There's people saying it could be, you know, an award-worthy performance. What did you What did you think of her watching her for the first time? She was excellent. She was very naturalistic, and she has an interesting face. Like she's very beautiful, That's but sometimes exactly kind the of the phrase that I would use. I would say that she has a very interesting face, which is important. Yeah, but, like, sometimes it's really beautiful, and sometimes it's really weird looking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just kind of like, but it was, you know, she, she, but you dared to say, like, doesn't she kind of remind you of Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, well, let me flesh that point out. I think she, it's, she's like a parallel universe Scarlett Johansson. No. Where Scarlett Johansson has an interesting face that has character no, to because, it. It doesn't look again, like a, my chief, doesn't look like a photoshopped. My chief problem with Scarlett Johansson, because Scarlett Johansson does sort of have an interesting face, but her... She's too my cartoonish, is, though. She's, no, my issue with her is that you always get the sense that she is has, you know, a third eye out there looking at what she looks like. Right. Everything is preening and posing, and 
you know, it's very hard for female actresses to get away from being self-conscious about what yeah. they're doing Elizabeth, and trying to be sexy. And this was Elizabeth Olsen had clearly, no, she, yeah. she did not care. She, she was completely in character and she was, um, it's a very unselfconscious performance, yeah. you know? And, um, I, I, I agree with you. I think she's, she's somebody that I would want to watch in a movie because she just, she just is, she's just interesting to, to observe. And she, um, well, and you're probably half an hour into the movie before she smiles. And yeah, it's, it's like, true. Wow. Yeah. Cause that's kind of the first time you go like, Oh, she's pretty because she's just been so like damaged and wounded. And then, you know, and you see her, you know, from the beginning of the movie and then she goes with her sister and it's like a while before you get to a flashback when she just first joins the cult. And she's still, like, kind of mm-hmm. got some life to her. Yeah. And she's, like, smiling and laughing about stuff. And you're like, oh, this is, like, this beautiful girl that just got so, like, broken and, yeah. you know. I think, it's a, I think it's a great performance. Uh, yeah. This is a cultural question and not a movie-related opinion question. But uh, okay. what do you think? So, so let's say she wins a Best Actress Oscar this year. Does she suddenly become... Does she suddenly surpass her sisters and become, you know, and then say like, oh, people, people eventually say, oh, you know, Elizabeth Olsen had these twin sisters that were on a sitcom once. Nah. I mean. You think she'll never surpass she'll her sisters? But, I mean, look, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen aren't going anywhere. <laughs> you got it, dude. You got it, dude. What a weird statement. I'm just saying they're, I mean, you know, they do, they're like, they're kind of tabloid fixtures. Like it's just, yeah. you know. I guess they're too famous to become unfamous now. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. They'll, I think they're kind of going to be but to me, It's almost more impressive and I know it shouldn't really have anything to do with it, but it's almost, it kind of makes her more impressive to me to go like, look, she's had these two sisters who had this model of success where they were just, you know, they didn't, they weren't very respectable figures and Elizabeth Olsen, whatever, whatever advantage it gave her good for her, because what she did was she took it and, and highlighted clearly an incredible skill that neither of those sisters have. And, um, well, I don't think she, I I don't, you know, this is not the kind of movie that it's not like she was cast as like that girl or anything. I mean, this was not like a situation where she was cashing in on theirs. No, there's no question that she got the role because she earned it. Detrimental to her. In a movie like this, to be like, oh yeah, you got it, dude. Those little <laughs> monkey-faced twins. But you know, listen, I will just go on the record as saying, I I sort of respect Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna Why? Because they like actually kind of are like moguls, you know. Like they sort of made yeah, a brand. But for and, what? Well, for a while they actually had like clothes and like makeup lines and stuff, yeah. and they were like. Kind but of they savvy. weren't designing it. I mean, they were slapping their names on it. I think anything you ever see of them, it's one of those things where they're like, I think they're kind of like good at being famous. I, I liked them been on famous for long enough. I liked them actually, on Saturday Night Live a couple of years ago. Whenever they did that, I thought they were pretty funny. Well, I think they just, you know, it's sort of like that thing of like Beyonce, you know, that like <laughs> they've just been famous for so long now that they're kind of good at it. Like you know, they just yeah. sort of. I mean, they've, they've never gotten, they've never hit the scandal, depths, they've never like, hit the depths that like Paris Hilton hit or something like yeah. that. Yeah. This they podcast kind of are... has become way too much about the, the Olsen twins and well, that's my fault. So I fault. apologize. And don't even act like you don't watch every Full House but, episode ever. But let me also bring up that, uh, John Hawks is in this movie <sighs> again. 
playing. Judd Hawks, what happened to him? Do you remember in Deadwood when it, he was lovable Saul and you just wanted everything good for him? And now yeah. he's a, like specialized he's very in good. horrible. He's very good at playing this kind of role. And uh, I think he's really good. And I think I, – I, I worry he probably won't get a lot of attention for this because it's so similar to his – to his Winter's Bone role that he well, got no. nominated Winter's Bone for. actually, he was ultimately like a gruff but good-hearted guy. I just think there's some similarities. And he's just horrible. He, in they're this. both sort of scary characters, though. Yeah, and, teardrop. Um, Wasn't that his name? Yeah, teardrop. That's right. Um, and really, for somebody that I don't like, I didn't like her on Deadwood, and I didn't like her in Studio Sixty. Sarah Paulson, I didn't, I didn't suddenly love her in this movie, but. It's a tough job that she has, and I thought she did a good job with it. My only complaint about it was I think she's too much older looking than Elizabeth Olsen that it made me go for a little while. It made me – I had to ask you. I said, is that – is she her mom or her sister? Well, but I think – She must be 10 years older than her. They do sort of narratively address that in that, you know, when they lost their mom, she she wasn't around, but it was because she was at college. Uh Uh-huh. So she was – she was older yeah. than her. She was supposed to be a big gap. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the idea. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, really, those are the two obvious standout performances in the movie. But I thought there were, you know, some of the cult members do a pretty good job. I think the, the, um, the one that you probably remember the most is the, the older woman that you talked about. Yeah. Um, Oof. who I thought her name was Marlene at first. And then you find out that that's not really her name. And, um, but yeah, she she at least she has she does she Katie, takes I think she name. takes the most memorable action in the movie. Uh, we should say I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, we won't talk about that because I because I know you get scared about these things. Oh, be quiet. Okay, um, the much discussed ambiguous ending to this movie. So what? Um, first of all, give me your thoughts about just watching it. What's your interpretation of what we see there? And then tell me whether you were. I think you were pretty unsatisfied, if, I, if I'm guessing right. But tell, no, give me your interpretation of it. Well, I mean, you know. Because I don't think it's that ambiguous. Well, it's either she's being followed or she's so paranoid she thinks she's being followed. The end. That the point of it more is that she can never know anytime for the rest of her life she sees someone like that, she's going to be on edge and think that it's... The cult coming back after her again. Yeah. But so, you didn't. You don't. You didn't like it because. You, well, I just don't like that ending. I don't like what happens next. I like to have, you know, an ending, and that's just personal preference. Again, I can appreciate that as a narrative tactic, but it annoys the shit out of me. Well, my here. Here's what I would tell you: why I think it's the right way to end this movie is that this is a movie that the point of it, if you think about the current storyline in it you know not her past the point of the movie is um that we're seeing someone who's completely damaged and wrecked and then we're exploring how that happened and then i think it's appropriate to end the movie that way because what you're saying is out of this little slice of life we're showing that you know here's just another sort of detail or example about that sort of represents the future for her. You know, she, we know what she's like right now. We know what happened to her. And that ending is, so now for the rest of her life, she will always have this sort of looking over her shoulder thing, you know, 
to me, to me, it makes sense. I, I don't, frankly, I don't know how else you would end it. I think you have to end it in a way that says she'll never get over this. Right. You know? Well, again, but I, look, sort of... I get why you didn't enjoy it. It's not, it's not the kind of movie that you go see for a good time. Uh, but I, I just, as a, as somebody who likes movies, I enjoy watching people be really good at something. And I think the, the direction is great. I think there are some really, um, interesting things in the, in the screenplay, well, in the way people talk to each other. Kind of, you know, gross is when she wakes up from a dream and she's wet herself. And the way they shot that was very artful, actually, <laughs> that she, you know, She's laying there and she sort of startles awake and you see her kind of like, you know, feel around in the area and then she stands up and it's just her legs and you kind of, you know, as she's taking off the dress, you see that she's got a wet spot on the dress and then there's like one drop rolls down her leg and it's just kind of like, I think that was just fortuitous, but it really worked yeah. though. Yeah. And there was actually also the scene where she's looking, she's laying in her bed and she's overhearing her sister and brother talking he's going like, she's just crazy. Like it was after... She mm-hmm. walked in on them and did not leave. <laughs> and do you see her and she's looking at them and she's just kind of, it's this like lingering shot on her eyes and she's kind of just staring at them, listening to them talk. And then she rolls over and just out of the corner of her eye, you see a tear roll down Oh, her I didn't face. even see that. Yeah. It's very, very subtle, but very, which see, again, that, that to that's me is more everything. her, yeah. you know, a testament to her, the way she mm-hmm. acted that scene, because yeah. it was, it was, I don't think that it was necessarily a direction she was given, but it just kind of worked out very, very subtly and, and beautifully. But again, well, I think they listen. did something interesting with, I mean, there are, there are a lot of really long shots in the movie and I think they did something interesting with most of those. Um, whether it's how they move the camera from one side to the other and show you a different thing at the end of the shot than it was at the beginning. I'll tell you another thing I, I noticed just technically is that all the transitions from one time period to the other are very seamless well, and to because, the point but I think where, that's, and that's on purpose because yeah. what we're, what we're meant she, to, well, cause she, gets she doesn't, right. She doesn't know which part of the, you know, what's happening to her right then. And so it sort of helped. It throws us in that with her because we're not always aware of which timeline we're in. And then like like I even told you at one point, there was a part where I got lost and didn't know which time we were in when she broke the um, window of the SUV. I wasn't sure what – I'm still not sure what time period that happened in. Yeah. Well, I think that was at the lake house. But, well, I mean, and that's part of my issue, again, which makes it an effective movie, but part of what makes me not enjoy it is that it does thrust you into the mind of a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say that respectfully, like not saying it in a um, derogatory way, but just... No, because I mean, she's a sympathetic she's, character. She's, she has she lost her it. mind. And, yeah. it, you know, that disorienting, you know, narrative structure... I don't enjoy that. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't, I don't like that. And it does yeah. make you feel, I mean, it is, that's what I, that's my issue is that, you know, the visceral experience of watching it is very unsettling and I don't like being unsettled. This is the same reason you don't like horror movies. Well, because in a it's manner the, of speaking, it, yes. You, you don't, you don't get a, um, but this is, you know, to me, you know, there are parts of this that are horrific that are, a yeah, horror oh, movie. Definitely. I mean, certainly, definitely. certainly the, uh, 
the fir- I mean, really, that first rape scene is about the hardest thing I've had to watch probably since Black Swan. Yeah. Well, anyways, so, whatever. It was a, it was a whatever. solid movie. It was well acted. But as I have said to you, my, you know, and my mom actually, who took care of our kids tonight, said something about like, oh, you used to drag me to all those stupid indie films. Thanks a lot, mom, by the way. <laughs> when you were in college. Well, when I was in college, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking, I was reflecting on this this afternoon that like, you know, I wasn't, you know, there was nothing going on in my life. So like, for me, you know, in a way you go to the movies to feel something, you know, you're going sure. to, you know, have an experience. And, you know, I was a very non-dramatic person in terms of like, there was not, there was not like drama in my life. So like, it was sort of an escape in a way to go experience the drama of something else in a theater. Well, now I'm looking for the escape in like, you know, my life is plenty stressful. Thanks very much. So when I go to the theater, I would like it to be like, you know, depression era escapism film is really what I'm, I'm, I'm like hoping that musicals make comeback because right now that's what I need in my life. I need to go to the theater and watch something. Well, the, the something fluffish. The Muppets are, are, will be a musical Francesca and that might end up being, that that. might end up being our next cinematrimony podcast. Could be. I need, I don't, I don't need to go to, again, I don't need to go to cinema. You're not looking forward to awards season then. Dark movie (laughs) experiences. Thank you very much. Well, I would say what what we're saying is if you're wanting to have a go, a a nice light Friday night of entertainment, Probably not the movie for you. I would say I think it's going to it, it's going to be a movie you're hearing about a lot come Oscar season. Yeah, and so probably to me if you're if that matters to you, worth seeing. I, I would say it's one of the it's it's a uh, I think it's she a, gets the best. It's a star. It's a star in the making moment. So it'll be to me. It's cool to see that. It's cool to see an actress that you've absolutely never seen before. And maybe in ten years we'll be saying she's one of the greats. And uh, but this is this is uh, a, or she gets an Oscar and then she goes and does a stupid sci-fi movie. Yeah, and we never see her again. Right, that could happen too. But this is the emergence of a of a star, I think, and that and that's cool to see. And um, you know, to yeah. me, it's very it. Yes, it is dark, but I think it's really well made and interesting. And it's like, it's the kind of movie that I think you will find yourself talking about and thinking about later um because because i think i it feels very true to me it feels like um you know and it's hard that's hard to say about something like a cult because it's obviously a very weird uh abnormal situation to develop but everybody that's that's there in this movie seems to do you can sort of understand why they're all doing what they're doing even the women in the cult because you know, uh, that part of how they survive being there is they help, uh, make sure that the next girl comes in and does what they did. So it's this kind of, you know, in a weird way, this, this bizarre thing starts to make sense as you watch the movie. And, you know, that takes, that takes a very good writer, I think. Mm. Yes. Yes. I just, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, I'm just... Okay. It's, it, it just well, we've done a solid experience we've, that we've done made a, me sick a little bit. We've done a solid half hour here on it. I think that's adequate. I should give a shout out to, to Ben our, and Tess, who uh, 
ben, joined us on our night of film nerd film nerd Ben Flanagan was with us along with his lovely wife Tess and uh they also um brought us pizza yeah they 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 thanks ponied up for for pizza and donuts as well That's so true. really uh thank you for I mean Francesca me. how can you really how can you really feel too bad about your evening when you got pizza and donuts and popcorn and, Matt, and some shut ben- up. By the way, I did not have a donut some- yet. So oh, okay, up. you haven't had the donut. Yet, but <laughs> so it was only popcorn and pizza. Yeah. Thank you very much. Still a good night there. Practically on a diet with this kind of eating. I think you've eaten. I think you've eaten like. Matt, what are you going to talk about? I think you've eaten what all the eating? all the foods that uh, that are like available in Roller Coaster Tycoon when you when you set up a snack stand. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with roller coasters. <laughs> oh, fine. I guess we're all too. And just, just like there was a discussion earlier in the evening too, where you claimed ignorance of pogs. Well, yeah, because like Tess expressed, that's something that you've closed the door on and put away, and you don't think about again <laughs> when you're not in seventh grade. All right, sixth grade. Well, listen. Oh, you oh, upset your son. I upset the baby. Well, listen, He's friends. Like, Dad, you're so stupid. If you if you have memories about pogs, or if you'd like us to uh, to answer any questions well, for you, yeah. did or, anybody ever send us an email? Or talk about anything with us, you can feel free to email us at matt at filmnerds.com. Isn't That's that nice? Matt with Matt. Matt with two T's at filmnerds.com. Nobody spells her name with one T. Well, there's a word that is Matt. You know, like a bath mat. Okay. So uh, email us did, your questions, so comments, ever feedback. Us no, we get emails from people sometimes. Not <gasps> why don't you tell me about it? Not them? specifically about individual podcasts usually, but we we have people out there who tell me they like the podcast and uh, ask me where some of the older podcasts are. Usually, the ones that we've lost forever and can't get back. But um, but anyways, yeah, and and visit us obviously at filmnerds.com and the blog, and um, we will be uh, hopefully seeing you guys again very soon with. Uh, you know, one of the Muppets are like Thanksgiving weekend, so that's yeah. probably um, likely the next movie we'll see and do a podcast on, but you never know. So thanks for listening, and Francesca, thank you for recording with me about a movie you didn't really like that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to groan as we go out. I said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shut B- up. Bye. <laughs>